Harper, Stone's Throw with Jennifer Stone. Happy ending, nice and tidy. It's a rule I learned in school. Get your money every Friday. Happy endings are the rule. So divide up those in darkness from the ones who walk in light. Light them up, boys. There's your picture. Drop the shadow. young graduates this June. 
let's see. I wanted to start. I don't want to start with um, the saddest stuff. Uh, first of all, I need to tell you that Stolen Voices is edited by two women. And I'm going to spell these names because I'm just such a lousy... Um, uh, well, my, my Polish isn't what it should be. Zlata, Z-L-A-T-A. Filipovic, F-I-L-I-P-O-V-I-C. Got that. She wrote a um, marvelous book called Zlata's Diary. Now, I read that many years ago. It's fascinating. Uh, the other editor is Melanie Challenger. Yes, now, I want to start with what I guess is an ironic uh, entry. It comes to us from a uh, passionate woman. Her name is spelled H-O-D-A, Hoda Samir Jihad, uh, from Iraq. She's 18, and she writes pages about the splendors of going back to school, if it's possible, and she quotes Victor Hugo and the, the work of Camus. But I want to read you the passage when uh, Iraq is, in quotes, liberated. April 9th, 2003. Hodas writes, This is the greatest day in the life of Iraqis. A historic day that this nation and the whole world is witnessing. It is a day in which the provinces are reborn. It is the day the Iraqi capital, Baghdad, fell. Today, the empire of Saddam is finished. When this news was announced, I saw smiles on the faces of my family and neighbors that I have never seen before. Smiles that express the happiness and joy that has been frozen for years, frozen by the former regime. Only today did I feel that I am 18 years old, that I am in the beginning of my youth, and that I can rely on myself and express my opinion in a frank and serious manner. Today, Every family that has suffered under the former regime has regained its happiness. But we are still waiting for the greater day, the day Saddam is arrested or killed. This man, who snatched the happiness of every child and closed the doors in front of every young man, the life of every old man and planted sadness on the face of every woman. We spent our lives saying yes to every right and wrong deed, 37 years of poverty, illness, hunger and deprivation, of no freedom of expression. This empire has ended. With it ended all the dark history. Today we turn all the blood-stained pages and open a new page full of roses. Our new motto is democracy. Yes, indeed. Uh, 
that passage was April the 9th, 2003. Gertrude Stein always said, civilization begins with a rose. This young woman says that she's opened a new page full of roses, but then, well, (laughs) things change. Let's see. She goes on later, you know. Uh, This is another paragraph. Uh, um, She's beginning to get the picture. The continuous drop affects the stone. It has become difficult for me to obtain what I wish or desire. This is a time deprived of emotions and love and dominated by black history filled with sadness. Ah, I see a bright spot hiding behind the stage of life. One day we must reach it. I felt I was choking while I was sitting on the ground in the garden of the house, looking at the sky. It could be that the feeling was the result of the situation we live in. I do not know. During this, a few words about our tragedy occurred to me, so I took a pen and some paper and jogged my memory. Then I wrote some words expressing the feelings inside me in the hope that it would help me breathe normally. Uh, Some of these words were, and here she, here, uh, this young woman of 18 slips into poetry. Mm-hmm. She writes, inaudible whispers, failed government, and a worse life, and the hours pass by, and an agonizing hunger, children suffering, and truth does not rise up. Suppression is spreading, and no wise mind to deliberate, and no one listens to right. The eyes of simple people look on and no generous people in sight. But there is a voice in the distance that starts to spread. It is the voice of truth, though not of fulfillment. I hope I have a chance to get back to this amazing woman's uh, diary. I'm going to jump around here and just tell you, uh, (laughs) okay, I'm going to jump into Vietnam. Um, Oh, dear, it's quite a leap, yes. This young man, uh, 1819, yes, when he comes back home, they start carding him because he isn't old enough to drink, not to. (laughs) Anyway, he just turned 20 then. Anyway, this is a... A young man of 19, and he's in Vietnam, and it's 1967, November. He says, one of the guys said he's going home, even if he's missing a leg or something, just as long as he has his jewels and can get laid. In the showers, I heard a fellow say if he spent 12 months in the front, he'd be okay, because Charlie doesn't have a bullet with his name on it. Some guy answered, it's those to whom it may concern bullets. 
you got to watch out for. <laughs> he goes on to talk about uh, his weapon, yes, his best friend, his weapon. Let's see, how about a little, little more of Vietnam? I'd like to get out of it, but let's just look and see. He says, a Mexican sergeant is in my tent now. He's a young guy. Got a three-day pass for killing the 506th first gook. He said they spotted 12 VC and fired on them. The one they got turned out to be a pregnant nurse. He said the other bodies were dragged away by the VCs as they retreated, but I don't believe that. I'm writing all this while well, he's here in the tent. Everybody smokes pot. Uh... In, um, well, not everybody, but mucho people. There's one tall, skinny fellow from Iowa who never saw the stuff until he came here. He likes to smoke now. His name is Paulson. Then there's D. He's a Texan. D smoked here in the tent for the first time a few nights ago. He went a little crazy, took a bayonet, stabbed himself in the belly. Nothing serious. I was in the tent sleeping and found out about it the next day. Yesterday, he extended in Nam for an extra year. I'm not going to read you any more of this. It's mostly about uh, a young man who goes to Mass, takes communion, and kills gooks. Uh, way to go, fella. Okay. <laughs> Let's jump. Let's jump all the way back. <laughs> right, let's go all the way back to 1939. This is a young woman. She's a Russian. She's a red Russian. She's tormented over the problems of, well, her family has mixed uh, loyalties, different ideologies. Uh, and uh, in March of 1939, she's worried about her father, but then she writes, how damned good life is in spite of everything. I shall soon be 18. That's a lot, isn't it? I am 18. I am loved. And I love. Beautiful. 1939, that young woman uh, died fighting for the Soviet uh, ideal. <laughs> arguing about, well, she's angry with the Trotskyite. Uh, and, uh, yes, here's a note from the Red Army saying that uh, she died fighting for her country, indeed. Uh, <laughs> 1943, I'm in World War II. This is the most interesting um, uh, I'm afraid it's because I grew up during those years, and I have always wondered uh, what it was like 
Now, mostly we know from the diary of Anne Frank, we know the stories of so many people who hid. They had time, nothing on their hands but time, to write in their journals. Uh, this journal is from Clara Schwartz in Poland. And she writes oh, all the usual stuff, you know, the things you find in Anne Frank's diary about all the terrible little details that uh, crop up when a, a group of people are crammed into an attic or a basement. Uh, she says that most of the men had seen their families and their wives killed. Uh, but here in the middle of all that, in the middle of all that horror, in uh, April of 1943, she writes, For some time, a romance has been developing between Clara Patronitich, I'm mispronouncing that, between Clara Patronitich and Mr. Beck. I can't understand how she can carry on a romance after losing so much of her family, parents, two sisters, and three brothers, to top it all off, he is married to the woman who is risking her life to hide us. How can she be so ungrateful? Mrs. Beck took Clara into hiding before we even thought of coming here. Mrs. Beck has affection for Clara because her mother worked for Clara's family. They had known each other since they were children. Mrs. Beck, of course, is jealous, and they had a big fight. Clara has apologized, and things have quieted down, but in reality, the romance is going on. Whenever Mrs. Beck leaves the house, Mr. Beck calls Clara upstairs. One day, Mrs. Beck returned unexpectedly and caught them, and there was a fight. <laughs> this goes on for a couple of pages. Um, this is an internal struggle, uh, and of course, everyone is living in fear of being found out. At the same time, uh, they're having tremendous fights in which they really yell and scream at each other. This woman, uh, the writer of the diary, did survive World War II. Uh, she is frightened, yes. She talks always about sitting in the dark, about all the horrors of creeping things. And, um, and she says, everybody envies the pharmacist and his wife because they have poison. It's in a little pouch they have round their necks. Now, that fascinates me. I've always thought that when things get really grim, it would be nice to have something available just in case. Anyway, uh, yes, this woman, the writer of the diary, lost her younger sister. And uh, the Becks, the family that hid them, they were sentenced to death as Nazi collaborators after the war. But then they were saved by the testimony offered by Clara's diary. Uh, let's see now. She's living, she worked in America. She is president of the Holocaust Research Center 
at Keene University in Union, New Jersey. She has two sons and five grandchildren. Wow, that's quite a family. Hi, Isn't Jennifer. Fabulous. I don't have time to read about the war in 1914. Well, not if, not, oh. if, not if we are going to encourage people to go to their phone and call. Oh, it's yes. really a great book. Thank All you, the more Veronica. reasons why they should get it. Jennifer, thank you so much for calling in, despite the fact that you're... I'm not in the pink today. Exactly. Not a little peckish. Not in the But pink. calling in even so and I think good afternoon uh, folks KPFA listeners and I just want to impress upon you that Jennifer's dedication is outstanding and certainly worthy of affirmation I mean even though she's not feeling up to it she's calling in anyway and Jennifer is a volunteer here at KPFA so uh, you know I encourage you to support Jennifer's efforts and to find out more about this wonderful book by getting your own copy of it. I've been hanging in since 1981. Can you believe that? Absolutely. This book is really basically, uh, well, the, the editors say that, you know, we all know that um, a war is all about, well, the amputation of imagination. Right, say, but our, fortunately our listeners are very imaginative, uh, especially those who listen to you. And Jennifer, why don't I give out the telephone number Thank so people you. can Thank call? You. Thank you. You know, I don't want to interrupt you because people... No, no, I don't have it in front of me. Give out the number. Because people think I'm angry with you if I cut you off and all this kind of stuff. But the <laughs> bottom line is I know you want folks to buy this book. Area code 510-848-5732 or 1-800-439-5732. And um, I want you to know that our goal for this particular time slot is uh, $750, which means that if we get 10 people to call up and pledge for this book, we're good to go. Now, is it $60 or 75 It's 75 Okay, 75 And the name of the book, just to remind folks, the name of the book is Stolen Voices, Young People's War Diaries from World War One to Iraq. And they and are imaginative. They really are. I thought they would just be dismal. No, it's very compelling and so wonderful when people write from their heart like this. And why don't you get your copy? Area code 510-848-5732 or 1-800-439-5732. Now, I'm looking at this light box, and so far the pioneer has not stepped up to call. So we're waiting oh for you. You know you. You know who you are. You're trembling on the brink of calling. You're wondering if you should. You shouldn't. This is a wonderful book. And I'm believing that you are a reader, which is why you listen to this program. And what better gift to yourself than a copy of Stolen Voices, Young People's War Diaries from World War One to Iraq. $75 donation to KPFA. And help us reach our goal here. Now, we just started the spring fun drive. We're going, you know, we're going. And... um I'd like you to participate in increasing our momentum by calling area code 510-848-5732 or 1-800-439-5732. So far, we've reached uh, about $100,000. Our ultimate goal here is $750,000. That's the bottom line, folks. That's the bottom you know, line. You and can't so, have the bottomed out mind. <laughs> yes, not at all. And we want to thank you for listening. We really appreciate your support. And 
since this is a reciprocal relationship, Jennifer, I'm inviting people to demonstrate their appreciation and support by picking up the phone and calling and pledging the KPFA. As I said, for the book, you get 75, for a $75 donation, you get the book, but also we have many other items. You can ask the phone room people about it, but first, the first thing you have to do is call area code 510-848-5732 or 1-800-439-5732. Now, if you are going back and forth vacillating, I'm just giving you permission to call because once you call, it will give others permission to call. You so go ahead, pick know. up the phone. <laughs> Absolutely, yes, you can get t-shirts. T-shirts you can get, for graduation. You can bags. You can get, exactly. 510-848-5732, 1-800-439-5732. Don't hesitate. You know this is what we do. This is how we roll over here because we are community-supported, listener-sponsored radio. We don't take any corporate money because we need to be able to do our own thing without getting our hands slapped on a regular basis by someone who gave us money. Right, Jennifer? No, no. This is... What is it? This is free money. No no strings attached. Right. Exactly. Well, I mean, we ask you to listen. Mm. And we provide well. you with outstanding programming like what Jennifer does here. Every Tuesday at 3 p.m. She's been doing it since 1980. What? You don't, 1981. You don't have to listen 24 hours. No, not 24 hours. Just on Tuesday at 3 p.m. <laughs> 510-848-5732 or 1-800-439-5732. You know what? Let me ask you this. Aesthetics is the mother of, uh, of ethics, right? Yes. You gotta have all this good art stuff in order right. to Right. And be you know what? I, you know, Jennifer, I don't know. Maybe nobody's listening, but I, I think they are. And I want somebody to prove to me that you are listening by picking up the phone and calling area code 510-848-5732, 1-800-439-5732. You will get stolen voices for a donation of $75. It's just really a lovely paperback book in which people write from the heart. It's very compelling. This is a serious book for teachers. You, you have to have this. You can use, you know, just individual pieces and bits of it for your students, you know, the ones that would identify with yes. certain types. You know, the thing about Vietnam is poisonous, but the, you know, the ones about, oh, gosh, there's some Japanese. Yeah. Uh-huh, this World War Two. This stuff is heartbreaking stuff, and there's funny stuff, too. There's... You know, the first one is a boy in Germany. He was born the same year as my parents, 1902. Jennifer, I'm sorry. We got three minutes, and so far nobody's called. Go, go. So I'm really surprised. Area code 510-848-5732 or 1-800-439-573. Call up and get this book. Now, I tell you, it's really interesting, compelling. I must read. This is nonfiction, folks. So the best thing for you to do, if you don't necessarily gravitate towards this topic, um, to get it and give it to your lo- your local library. You can donate it to your community center. You can donate it to your senior center. You can get one for yourself. And you can pass it on. Mother's Day is coming up. You may have someone in your life who would really love to read these war stories. Someone who lived 
through these experiences. Uh, hey, I have the first person caller. Yay. Okay, we got to they we okay. We that person is a pioneer, has broken through, so it's okay for everybody else now who's been thinking about it to pick up the phone and call five ten eight four eight five seven three two one eight hundred four three nine five seven three two. We only need nine more people to call right now and, and we will yeah, make our can, goal. You can call after we're off the air folks. You but know, you can preferably call. call now though, Jennifer. <laughs> five this is ten your moment. Yes, five ten eight four eight five seven three two one eight hundred four three nine five seven three two. You know what we're yes, about so, here. I know. So we can celebrate Mother's Day in good faith. I always love <laughs> Luna Bankhead. She said she was playing Catherine the Great and she said, What's I don't care saying? what you call me, just don't call me Mother Russia. That's right. Five ten this is what you should call. Five ten eight four eight five seven three two one eight hundred four three nine five seven three two. There's one light lit. I know we have more than one person in the phone room. I was just in there myself. Somebody's mother's out there. They will have to call. Yes, the mother should call. Area code 510. You know, really, the mother should call because when you read this book, you get a glimpse of how deep the thought process can be of these kids and how they are so articulate in their expression of what happened to them, their responses, what was going on, their reaction to their families, uh, reactions to war. Area code 510-848-5732, The name of the book, Stolen Voices, Young People's War Diaries from World War One to Iraq. As I said, call now, express your appreciation and support for KPFA and Jennifer Stone, who's calling from home. Be back next week, folks, uh, on Tuesday. Until then, go easy. Uh, if you can't go easy, go as easy as you can. are the So divide up those in darkness from the ones who walk in light. Picture drop the shadow.